Hello, hello, hello. We're back. It's another Saturday, and this is Nobody Dances here. And joining me on today's very special episode is Nicole Briggs. Hello. She's my co-host. She's my co-host with the most. Yes. That rhymes. So. So. What's going on, Nicole? What's up? How are you? I'm okay. I've been better. How about that weather today? Chicago blessed us. I know. So we were all preparing for the worst winter of our lives, and the past week has not been that bad at all. No, not at all. Yeah, it's it's actually really hot outside. I know. It surprised me. That's why I'm a little uncomfortable right now. Do you think it's the end of the world? Yes, but I think it's going to end after we die. So we're all good. Okay, so we're... <laughs> So we're going to die first, and then Jesus is going to come, and then end the world. I know. It's going to suck to miss him, but you know what? I ain't with that weather. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So today's uh, show, we have uh, some really good interviews coming up. We have Mark Frankel from Blue Man Group, which is going to be very interesting coming up. And then we also have Mark Minnelli, who plays guitar, and he has an album that he's promoting, which is really great. So, uh, as with every show, you know, you can call in anytime and join us in the conversation. Uh, 312-345-3805. Do <laughs> you know the number? I repeat that number so frequently, and today is the one day that I forget it, even though it's right in front of me. So let me do it again. 312-345-3805. There you go. That is going to kick me in the foot. All so, right. on to lighter news. You had an issue come up with customer service, right? Oh my god, what a nightmare. Okay, so on my site, Shrink Boutique, I sold some collectible plates that were, um, they're Robert Maplethorpe porcelain collectible plates. And um, anyway, I sent them to the customer. First of all, I provide free shipping in America. Right. So I shipped it to him, to his friend. So that he could get the free shipping, even though he lived in Canada. That's me being, you know, a good boss. Right. Okay. So then, um, you know, I, now I have dual stores. I have Shrink Boutique and then have an eBay. This is an eBay thing because you can link your stores up with eBay. That's the way you diversify online sales. Long story short. Anyway. Uh-huh. So I shipped it to him. He got them. The friend forwarded to him. He got them. I didn't hear anything. Then all of a sudden I get this email. Hi. my I got a little tear on my box nothing wrong with the plates which is really the value of the product uh-huh. a little tear on the box and I want a new box it's like having a tear on a shoe box I was he like, wants a new box a new box so I <laughs> I entertain the idea because I'm trying to provide good customer service I try to entertain the idea it was new damn box anyway so I said, oh, okay. I, I packed it myself. It seemed like it was perfect. You know, what's the issue? Yeah, there's a tear. And this this greatly, you know, devalues the value of the product because I plan on, you know, collecting this product. Because Robert Maplethorpe is like, you know, one of those dead artists is going to continue to make a lot of money in the future. Okay. Anyway, long story short, I say, you know what? My other sets, they're, the boxes are comparable or worse. I think you got a good box. I'm not breaking up my sets. I'm not. The more you ship these things, mind you, these come from Paris. So the more you <laughs> ship them, the more they're going to be vulnerable. Right. So I was like, 
basically trying to get him to keep the box. Like, right. And to tell him that the value's in the plates. Right. Back and forth, he sends me a message. You're a despicable person in company. Did he really say despicable? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. And that I better send him a new box or he's going to leave me bad feedback. All this nonsense. Wow. And, I mean, he just kept sending me harassing emails. Get a life. Psycho, right? <laughs> I, You know what? I bet it wasn't about the box. I bet, like, his significant other broke up with him or... His mom didn't give him animal crackers or something. It had to be something else. So bad. It was like a nightmare for all of last week. I was dealing with this customer. (laughs) So how did you resolve it? This is, and then the funny part is, I'm like, okay, you know what? Send the whole thing back. I'll give you your money back. Send it back. How about just give you, you're obviously never going to be happy with this thing. I'm not sending you a new box. Send the whole thing back. I'll give you back your money. Do you know that he refused to refund? He wants to keep the product and make my life a living hell. For a box. Because someone that unhappy will take the refund. Right. Who wouldn't take the refund? That's weird. Uh, It's weird. Customer. The customers are not always right. I am so sorry. They're not. Sometimes the customers are wrong. Like, I have a part-time job uh, teaching fitness classes, and I have sometimes people come up to me, and they're like, I wish you would play less urban music. Ooh. uh Uh-oh. What does that mean? I'm like... What are you talking about? Because it's not like I'm playing gangster rap in spank class or something like that. Right, you're not working out the stoop dog. Like, you're like, you do know. you not realize that most of the pop that is out now is coming from urban influences? So even if the artist isn't black, it sounds black because they had a black producer. Or a black beat maker, or a producer, right. or a writer. Or... You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you want me to play country all day. Right. Neo's writing like 85% of the pop songs right, right. now. <laughs> or, or Diddy has to put his two cents in. Take this, take that, bad boy for life. You know what I'm saying? Like, calm down. Like, I think that, especially my the biggest lesson I learned this week is that instead of complaining, instead of, you know, popping off, just take a moment to calm down. Amen. You are on the same think. page as me. Just take a moment to calm down and think. Yes. Before you set it off and ruin some relationships. Just take a minute to calm down. And then it, sometimes the situation resolves itself. And it's not as big of a deal as you thought it was initially. I know. I feel like maybe I should have did that with this guy and just like not responded to any more of his emails. And then just kind of let it die down. And right. then wait to see if he was still unhappy. But you're trying to be a good businesswoman. So right. you responded. Like, you know. You can't win them all. I don't know. And I don't get, like, because I think that most people are in jobs that require some level of customer service. Yeah. So when I see them being really ignorant customers, I'm just like, do you not understand that that can happen to you at your job? Exactly. Exactly. Karma, people. Karma, karma, karma. What comes around goes around. Yeah. Most <laughs> but sometimes. So, <laughs> speaking of bad things coming around, uh, the parking meter rates are going up. Oh my god. Do you drive in the city? As little as possible. I do not have a car. I do not drive. I'm like a, a sex in the city girl. I hop in that cab. I turn into a sex in the city boy. You hop in that, you hop in that <laughs> I've cab I've been hopping too. cabs too. I'm about to overdraft my banking account. I need to stop doing that. But I'm like, nope, I'm not getting on the bus. Taxi, you know. Wait. I got rejected by a taxi yesterday though. It really hurt my feelings. Oh, you're going to get rejected by taxis, plural. Why? <laughs> Well, do we really want to go there? <laughs> <laughs> this is the show where we do that, so let's go there. Hold yeah. on, I'll call us a cab. 
<laughs> you guys can't see We could us. go out in the corner and I'll try to catch one. You try to catch one. We'll see what happens. Wait, is this a racial thing? Possibly. Oh, you're darker than me. You, but you're prettier. Thank you. So if you, you s- are a pretty man, though. Well, okay, let's go outside. <laughs> we'll stick both of our legs out and see who gets the cap sh- first. Do you shave your legs? No. Oh. They're hairy. They're oh. hairy. I see that hair. I see it. Do you think men should shave? No. I don't think so either. Well, drag queens. My friend Adam, he's <laughs> probably going to kill me for saying this, admitted to me that when he's 40, he's going to start doing drag shows. Why are so late in life? I don't know, but on the same note, I was looking at him and then thinking about him as a woman, and I just started laughing. I was like, I don't know if I can support that cause, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, that parking's ridiculous. Parking is beyond ridiculous. I feel so bad for drivers. I plan to get a car in the future, but you know, hopefully by then I won't be in Chicago. But Chicago is a city. The reason why I stay here and I like living here, even though I say so much shit about it, is because it's a city where you could get anywhere without a car. True that. I mean, you you might run into some struggles. CTA.com might not be your friend that day, but... Yeah, CTA could, Tracker is full of it. Right. It's like, like 20 <laughs> minutes your bus is approaching. Oh, approaching. Like, wait, you said I had 20 minutes. Wait. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Your bus should be there in three minutes. Oh, oh. you said that at 5 o'clock. Oh, it is 9.15. You, you missed it. I'm you late for it. work. Thank you. Whoops. Yeah. But I have a lot of friends that insist on driving, and we spend most of our time hanging out in the car looking for a parking spot. Damn shame. Looking for, especially Rogers Park is a horrible place to try to find parking. Northside Chicago in general. Yeah, Northside. Northside needs to get its act together. Y'all supposed to be like the friendlier version of Chicago. Yeah, not always. It's still the city at the end of the day. So, apparently, Steven Seagal is a cop. A cop like a real cop? Yes. Like where? Like in Louisiana. He's a seventh degree black belt in Aikido. Well, we knew that from those and bad he, movies. You know. And so I guess he uh, applied for the job and he's going to get it. Wow. Wait, isn't he too old to be a cop? Isn't there an age requirement? No. I know so many out of shape, fat, ugly, unattractive, hairy, bald cops in Chicago that are old. Right, but when they started being cops, they were thin and young. No, no. They were working security at the 7-Eleven. Mm. All of them. All of them. Steven Seagal, oh my God. Actually, I feel bad for anyone that runs into him. He probably has a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> what do you? How do you feel about Chicago cops? Shady. All of them? I think the ones that aren't shady are probably going to have to do something shady somewhere in their career. I don't know. I'm surprised there hasn't been a reality TV show based on Chicago cops. You know, Chicago is a gangster town, and everyone is prone to a little bit of corruption here. Cops, politicians, everyone is a little prone to it. I mean, come on. This is the home of Al Capone. He set the tone. (laughs) Al Capone set the tone. Now leave him alone. I know. Leave him dead. (laughs) Right. Let it be. Well, I was amazed to find that... There are so many underground tunnels in Chicago where the gangsters or the gangstas, I don't know how they said it back right, then. Right, right. But they were I'm sure white. it was gangsters. So <laughs> uh, they would like navigate underground to do shady shit. Of course. Like, why? I don't understand. Those people are scared to go underground. Oh, uh, I get it. Speaking of underground, my friend here, who I'm not going to say out loud, but my friend here. <laughs> 
We had a series what of unfortunate. Oh, what did you do, Kenyatta? Let's talk about it. So, if you guys have been following me on t- Twitter or your Facebook friends with me, you'll know that there was a Save Kenyatta campaign where we were actually going to make t-shirts, probably just to make money. But uh, we went to a fashion show at the Underground, and I arrived there a few hours late to find Kenyatta getting escorted out drunkenly by security. She was coherent, but nonetheless, she was angry, intoxicated, and black. I simply offended one of the bouncers and kicked me out for the evening. Kicked her out for the evening, but told you you had permission to come back. <laughs> At a fashion show, Nicole. <laughs> wow. And more wow. And more wow. She doesn't apologize. But in her defense... She really didn't do anything meriting getting kicked out. It just kind of escalated really fast, and we had to get out of there. You know, liquor does that. It escalates things. <laughs> right. <laughs> you were you were talking about drinking wine earlier. You always have. You said you have a cocktail at five. Not daily, but oh. it would have been nice to have a cocktail at five. And five is the right time. For five is the right time. A glass. Right. Not multiple glasses. We talked about this in the networking. One glass of wine. One glass of wine, not three. Right. My bad. Then I wouldn't be speaking clearly right now. I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be speaking French? Possiblement. Oh, je parle français aussi. Oui, je parle un petit peu le français, mais pas couramment. Ah. Kenyatta's like, speak English, speak English, and I've seen you. That's no fun. I'll speak English. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. If you're wondering who's providing us with this lovely music, it is DJ Brock, and we're going to interview him towards the end of the show. We're going to let you sample some of his music. And coming up next, we have Mark Minnelli. But first, we're going to play a song from this new CD, Gift Horse, available on iTunes now. All right. All right. Hollywood Hills 
Right now, we have Mark Manelli. Hello. Uh, the song that you just heard was... Yeah, what was the song we the just heard? The Big City. The Big City. Uh, yes. And you're... Is this the track with your girlfriend? It is. She does vocals? the backup. Yes, yeah, she does. What is that like? Oh, it's good. Uh, she uh, she just... She can sing, so we figure. Hell, might as well uh, work it in. Does she, is she? Does she have her own band or something like that? No, no. Oh, she wow. just uh, she's just supporting know. her boyfriend. Yeah. Oh, that's a power couple. If I knew one. <laughs> yeah, they're like Jay Z and Beyonce. <laughs> All I need in this life for sin is me and my girlfriend. Me and my girlfriend. To, wait, what? <laughs> Can I quote you on that? The but folk version the of Jay Z and Beyonce. Jay Z and Beyonce. <laughs> that's going right on the website. <laughs> all right so your first album coming out we're all adults now right oh yeah that was uh, <laughs> that was a long time ago and yeah. what is this album called this guy this album is called gift horse why uh, gift horse i don't know i mean that reminds me of beyonce for some reason my parents all <laughs> her weave <laughs> my parents always used little sayings you know uh and don't stare a gift horse in the mouth was always you know you know, be thankful for what you got, I guess. What's a gift horse? Well, you know, I actually didn't know this, but someone told me that back in olden times, uh, if if you were given a horse, they grind their teeth, so that's how you can tell how old they are. So if you are given a horse and then you open up its mouth to see how old it is, it's kind of like, well, they gave you the horse anyway. Why don't stare a gift horse in the mouth, you know? 
it's kind of insane. Take things for granted. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was a free Just, horse anyway. Right. Except the box. Yeah. yeah. Except the box. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what? Okay, so you're on the iTunes store. Yeah. Which is a pretty big deal. Because yeah, yeah, I am cool. also on iTunes. All right. Um, welcome to the club. <laughs> uh, I'm being really conceited now. But uh, you have an independent label. So, like, what has your transition been from sort of having this dream of being a singer to actually being on the road to having people listen to your music? Uh, it's funny because, you know, when you write and play and, you know, I probably, you know, I sent demos out that I made in bedrooms and whatever for, for years and years and years. And you think that when you get that, that label responds and says they're going to come to a show and, and you finally sign that contract, you think, you know, like... The clouds are going to part and angels are going to sing and you're going to use a golden pen and, you know, and it's going to be, but it's just, it's just another step in the process and, oh just, wow, you know, and it's exciting um, and, you know, I'm pumped about it for sure, uh, but I'm always thinking about what I'm going to do next, I guess. So, so what, what are you going to do next? What are you doing now and what, what are you going to do next? Are you performing? I, What's going on? Well, I'm performing right now, you know, just... You know, I get gigs, you know, just in Chicago and around town, and I'm trying to uh, play in Austin and Nashville. And I'm not, don't have a tour on the horizon, so to speak, but you know, major hubs of musical activity I'd like to uh, to go down to. And then I, I've got uh, another, you know, I'm immediately writing new music, and I got a new guitar, so I'm like using it to write, you know. So then I'm just off on another tangent. So I got some more stuff in mind to. Uh, so yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm probably gonna cut another demo in the next week, just because. Another demo. <laughs> just because I, I want to get it. Out. I want to, you know. So you just want to keep going. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, since I signed this label deal, like six of these songs are off my previous album, Grenade, Grenade, Everybody Get Down. So it was like, you know, since this one is has a lot wider audience, we reused a lot of the songs. So these these twelve songs are really over, you know, probably four years of my career as a singer-songwriter. So I have a lot of new material still that I'm trying to get down and get out there. And um, why did you decide to go solo when you came to Chicago? Um, well, I was in a band in high school, and I, I didn't sing, and I played bass guitar. What was the name of that band? <laughs> Free Range Chickens. Where did that come from? I'm so hungry I, right now. I don't know. We, I don't know. Were we, they, were we they, were in high school. Were you guys marinated? <laughs> we, yeah, we were. Oh my god, I'm we so hungry. Buffalo, praise style. Jesus. Uh, they were not genetically modified. No, they were we able to live a comfortable life before they died. But yeah. were they vegan, Fred? Oh, probably not. <laughs> I am so fat. Like I was trying to say vegan fed. But I said vegan Fred because I was thinking about frying. <laughs> anyway, we digress. That is not the focus <laughs> of this topic. So I guess I moved to Chicago and rather than, you know, I was 18 and, and I didn't have space for a drummer or really know that many people. So I decided to play acoustic guitar and sing and that way I didn't need a band and it kind of worked out. So, yeah. Where did you learn how to sing though? Oh, my dad's been a, a folk guitarist and singer for a long time. My mom sings. My my little sister sings. My little brother sings. My other brother sings. I have one sister who insists she can't sing, and and but I'm sure she can. Oh man, you are like the Jacksons, huh? <laughs> a little, a little. We haven't done anything as a as a whole yet, 
For my next project, though, I'd like to uh, do a folk album with my dad. So we're gonna try and do something. Cool, cool, cool. Um, what's the um? What would you say is the status of folk music? Because I know it's not something that they play on the radio or something that's like all hyped up um, or given the attention that pop music gets. So you know, when people think of it, I'm sure they think of Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell. But like, what, what, how would you describe it? Like as it is today. I think I think it's come around a lot. I think there's a ton of great folk acts out there. Going from like indie rock has got a lot of folk influence right now. Like. You know, My Morning Jacket, or um, uh, I'm blanking on one of the other ones. But, you know, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of, you know, Grizzly Bear, you know, has certain, you know, psychedelic folk influence. And, and, you know, there's a lot of stuff like that. There's also a lot of, like, really good traditional folk that's come back out, or traditional country, like Justin Towns Earl, Steve Earl's son, does a lot of great folk music and country music. And, you know, there's, you know, what with the onset to have you know the internet and so much stuff be heard you really can hear a lot of good folk music again you know around i mean npr is a great uh, outlet for that kind of uh for that kind of music too so it's definitely out there and, and certainly on the rise again i think so where do you see the future of folk music though like i kind of have seen it slowly evolve but there always seems to be some sort of respect to the true artistry of folk music like yeah. it doesn't seem to deviate much yeah i think that it will have have like spikes of evolution where you know there'll be there'll be an indie phase here where this will happen or, or that'll happen but it, it's it's traditional music you know so it, it people like it because of because of its simplicity and you know and that doesn't really change with the time that's why it's you know I don't know. That's why it's so relatable. Uh, How would you describe your style, though? What, um, is, what makes Manelli different from the Jellies? <laughs> well, um, 10 of the 12 songs are played on an nylon string guitar, which is not something that occurs all that often in folk music. Uh, I do have a couple uh, more traditional folk tracks on the album, like harmonica, finger-picking, steel string stuff. Uh, which I write a lot of and do love, but my album, I you know this one, I I was really uh, got a real jazz kick too when I was writing it. So there's a there's some heavy jazz influence in on this album too. But you know I think it's folk because it's it's cultural music regardless of it's like you know jazz is a music of a culture and folk traditional folk and roots is a music of a culture and you know so. Uh, there's some Latin influences there, but it's still I, I, would, <laughs> I would still categorize it as folk music just because it's it's the it's the people's music. So I you know, I think this album you know blends all of that together. All right, and we do have musicians that listen to the show to like get advice and stuff like that. But what I'm very interested in because I have a this is a podcast that we can easily just upload to iTunes with a sure. link. But how do you get your tracks? Number one, on the iTunes website, and then two, people have to pay for it. Right. So what I actually had little to nothing to do with getting it onto iTunes, I signed with a label, and we recorded, and they have a like a kind of like bulk distributor who, who then puts it on everything. So right. they get a copy of the album, and they put it on iTunes. They put it in Amazon. They put it on Rap City. There's, I mean, they showed me the list of what this, where that this company puts your music, and there's stuff I've never even heard of 
that right. sells my music digitally or, or, or you know. Or, Have you or, been getting paid? Well, what happens with my deal is that once I didn't have to, we we did full, we did we recorded in Transient Sound Chicago with Steve Gillis and Vijay Telus Nayak. They were great guys who uh, worked with us for a long time, and they had a super awesome studio on uh, Ravenswood and Byron, uh, like kind of an, an lake view over like off Irving Park, and. Uh, but I, there were no, there's no cost for me. So this, as as far as my CD sales go, once the, once the label recoups the expenses of recording the album and, you know, pressing the album and everything, we just split it in half. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's pretty good, provided you sell albums. <laughs> but. There's uh, so many artists. I mean, you're a really young artist. How do you get the word out about? your music how do you promote yourself like without the label like how do you personally do that yeah i mean it's uh, the internet makes it easier uh, to in a certain respect and it also makes it uh, i don't know it's easier to be heard but it's not necessarily you know easier to stay heard you know like you can have a lot of people hear you but it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to remember you i absolutely understand you because I have a website and it's like you have to deal with those short attention spans and it's almost like the internet makes the, that attention span shorter even though it's easier to get to people it's right, kind of like right. a catch 22 it's like you get them how do you keep them yeah exactly and not only like how do you keep them how do you get them to experience everything that you have to offer yeah. like we have a lot of people that you know they join the fan page or they register for you know your newsletter and stuff like that but then they just go about their lives they don't really invest they don't really care yeah. that you're performing at this place at this time or whatever they just miss out on everything and they see you on the street like oh what's going on like yeah i emailed you yeah and we talked about that with some of the people i was working with about rather than the selling albums are are getting the word out so to speak building fans people who are not just going to buy the one track that they like and listen to it but the people who are going to buy that track listen to other tracks and then in a year and a half come back and buy your next album as opposed to just you know getting what they want and moving on because the fun funny thing about fan loyalty is that fans will buy your stuff without even thinking like right. i can't tell you how many times i got an alert from itunes they're like oh so and so just dropped an album well i click on the link and i just buy it yeah and a week later i might listen to it but you know <laughs> like i didn't even think about it because i knew it was going to be good so how much work do you think you're gonna have to put in to have people love you like that? I think it's I think it's pretty constant. I think you know you have to maintain a presence, or people are just gonna like I said move on. So you know I think I think in you know as far as you know young music, you have to, you're gonna have to tour at some point. I right. mean, are it, you touring right now? I'm not right now. Um, I'm I'm kind of planning on hitting you know the the major music venues you know right now but i want to kind of let the album stew a little until i because you, you know if there are 25 people who are going to come out and see you in a place you've never been before then it's going to be worth it right to go you know be involved and you know you know appear more than just you know a d itunes download you right, know, right, right, right be a person and let them know that so right. so i think you have to do that to build fans do you have fans now and how do you interact with them yeah i mean i think so i mean i think what what with the release of this album i've just started to crew fans who don't have my cell phone number you know like oh cool so like 
it, it, you know, and you get a lot of. I try to respond to things, you know, like on Facebook or MySpace when people will get in touch with you. You know, instead of, you know, when they send you a little message that's just like, hey, got your album, really like it. Instead of just moving on to me trying to say something, you know, personalized back to them so they know that there's, you know, a man behind the curtain, so to speak. Um, Aha! <laughs> Like the Wizard of Oz. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything you want to plug? Any upcoming things? I. How do people find out about you? How do I, they subscribe to your life? Let's see. I'm on MySpace. MySpace.com backslash Mark Minnelli. M I N E L L I. We'll have the link on the website. I uh, I play the third Sunday of every month at Town Hall Pub on Halstead for um, what's called Entertaining Julia. It's just a variety night, and I kind of come in. Is and- that in Wicker Park? It is on. It's thirty three forty North Halstead, so it's like Belmont and Halstead. Really? Yeah. I work in that area. I'm yeah, gonna it's come, really. I'm it's, gonna check you out. It's what? really cool. It's just you know, it's just a big variety night. A lot of comics hosted by uh, 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 these great group of comics, the Putterball Sisters and, and Beth Stelling, and they do a great job and have a lot of diverse acts come in there. So that's the third Sunday of every month, and it's great. Free show, by the way. Free. We yeah. like free. free. The economy is <laughs> not great yet. Because Obama wants people to be healthy, but <laughs> broke. That's I don't fair. really get that. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I don't know. I don't have. Health. <laughs> I don't have health insurance. And oh no. Yeah. So it's like. Uh, well, my mom, I'm like swine flu, real or fake? I'll just use hand sanitizer. Right. <laughs> my mom's just threatening me to take me off her insurance in January. So real talk, people. Real talk. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the no, show. Thank you. I really like your sweater, by the way. And the thank suspenders. you. Thank the, you. Nicole, comment on it. Okay, yes. I was into the sweater when he walked in. This man has on, like, my favorite Heather Gray, like, classic sweater material. But then he's got it on, like, with suspenders and pants. Like, it looks awesome. <laughs> and the hat, I like the hat. Thank A lot you. of people try to pull that hat off, and they can't. You have the head for it. Thank you. Yeah, I'm a hat person, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, we're going to play another track of Mark Minnelli's. This is called The Way I Move, and it's available on the iTunes store. The CD is Gift Horse, of course. Wait. The CD is Gift Horse. Dot, dot, dot. Of course. That's what I meant to say. <laughs> so just search for it. We'll have links to it on the website at nobodydanceshere.com.
Right, we are live with the wonderful Mark Frankel. Wonderful. Uh, yes, indeed. Of uh, Blue Man Group. How are you doing? Great, great. How you doing? Just um, the show. Yeah, I'm good. I actually saw the show uh, this past Thursday for oh, yeah. the first time. It was pretty amazing. I'm trying to think if I was in it. I probably would. Uh, which one were you? Are you? I wouldn't remember actually. Yeah. Due to the busy schedule. So, I. How long have you been doing Blue Man Group? I've been doing it for just uh, just about five years now. And what made you want to audition, and how did you get the part? Well, the, it's not it's funny. I was, I've been a drummer my whole life. Um, I'm not really involved in theater that much, although my mother has a dance studio. So I kind of grew up around theater, so, you know, familiar with it, but never really wanted to be an actor, so to speak. But uh, I was actually at a party um, that Blue Man Group was hosting, like an industry event uh, in downtown Manhattan. And just overheard a guy at the party saying, you know, hey, yeah, we're always looking for new blue men. Just heard that over my shoulder. And so by a little um, nudging from my friend who was with me, uh, said, I went over and said, hey, uh, you know, I'm a drummer. What does it take to become a blue man? And that got the ball rolling. Um, wow. And, and it just unbelievably, like it was, it was all on a lark. I never thought it would ever amount to anything. You know, and two months later, I was on stage in makeup. And five years later, I'm still doing it. So it's a pretty good gig. Oh, it's a great gig. It's the gig of a lifetime. You know, really? it's like um, I've, I've enjoyed, before being a Blue Man, I've always enjoyed playing the drums. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this is that same thing, just taken to a different level where, you know, I'm, I'm actually expressing myself 
through drumming as a language, but also um, expressing myself in other ways that I didn't know I could, you know, so it's like a kind of a discovery thing all along. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Now, when you, how often does the show change? Like, is it the same show every single night, or do you guys, like, revise it, or do you add things to it, or, like, how does the um, creation of the show differ from, like, year to year? Well, um, it did it, it get a, there's a, there's a short answer and a long answer. The short answer is that it's different every night. The long answer is, is that um, the show is essentially the same, you know, it has writing. Right. Um, so it's essentially the same every night in this city. But if you go to, uh, let's say, New York, you'll see a slightly different show. If you saw the, the, the tour, the Megastar tour, um, that's a completely different show. Um, if you saw the show in Berlin, if you saw the show in Tokyo, those are largely different shows. If you saw the show, saw the show in Vegas, you see like 50% of it is completely different. Wow. And, and so the show got a, a an overhaul kind of company-wide um, a few years back. And the show became rewired. It was originally called Tooth, and then became rewired. So that was sort of a, a, a rewriting a good amount of the show. Um, so, yeah, it it, uh, it does get it does get tweaked every night. We're we're kind of trying new things. Um, it's kind of an ongoing process. There's a bunch of creative directors that kind of um, come up with new material, and we try it out. Sometimes you'll see in a show you'll see us trying a new thing and seeing how it works. You know? That's cool. And how much, as a performer, how much creative input do you have? Well, in terms of the writing, uh, the writing is, is written. But in terms of the show night tonight, it's, it's really just the, it's the three of us and the musicians um, kind of doing this in real time. I mean, we, we step off the stage into the audience. And as soon as you break that barrier, I know it's cliche to say, but as soon as you break that fourth wall, anything can happen. You know? Right. So there is no writing anymore. Um, so it's improv. It, it's improv, yeah, exactly. It's improv within a, within a construct. So, so you know, we're not going to start talking, you know? Right. There, there's, there's a, you, you know, I've heard it akin to like a pinball in a pinball machine, or you know, there's a level of chaos and a level level of um, control you have that also works within this, this a very specific uh, character. And, and so how much, like, what type of special training did you have to endure to be able to do all this stuff? Because you guys are playing... You guys are dancing, you guys are playing the drums, you guys are playing different types of instruments, you're working with video, you're, you know, kind of playing off what the audience participation is. Like, how did you, how are you able to master all that? Well, master is a funny word. I feel like I'm, lear I'm you know, learning every night still. I don't feel like I, I mastered it, actually. Right. <laughs> but, but, yeah, there's a pretty intense training process. Um, you know, and they're, they're kind of watching you the whole time to see how you... That respond to, to the direction um, and uh, yeah and sometimes if it's not working they'll they'll end the training so you can even get so far as to become a, a performing blue man and then after a few shows they, they may say you know it's really not working so right. it, it's definitely down to the individual I think what it really comes down to um, is, is if you if you if you can approach the character honestly you know and obviously you have to be able to you know do the skills play the drums and that all that all you know you got a, a a drum teacher to teach you to play drums if you don't know how. There's there's guys that are good at uh, the, the, the clowning techniques that Blue Man employs, but you know, if you're not familiar with that. But aside from all that, aside from technical training and learning learning the pieces, uh, really it comes down to can you approach this character honestly? You know, can you can you can you take away that, you know, uh, whatever that you know, cultural sort of mask that you wear every day and, and just Kind of be, be open to this character and reveal yourself to the audience in a very honest way. And as, as arty and as lofty as that sounds, it really is the only way to say it. You, you have to be 
really, really honest with yourself and, and, and dig deep and, and the audience will know. The audience will know if, if, you're not, if you're not portraying these things with a level of honesty. That's cool. So I was uh, sitting in the audience with my friend Michelle and we were both just sitting there like blown away because it was our first time looking at it. But what we couldn't help but think was what are these creatures on stage? Are you guys like playing aliens? Are you clowns? Are you like some type of symbol of something artistic like what exactly is a blue man and what's the story behind uh the three species on on the stage well you kind of you kind of um you kind of answered it <laughs> you know really really it, it's not up to us it's not up to me mark frankel to tell you what a blue man is okay uh, that's sort of the, the beauty of the show and maybe maybe a, a one of the reasons why it has a, 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 a the longevity that it's had is because when, a, when an audience member is watching the Blue Man, you know he's he's silent. Um, he's you know he doesn't have you know stylized hair and stylized clothing. A very simple looking character, and we communicate basically just using our eyes and physical expression. And thusly, the audience fills in the story. So you know you're watching the audience, what you're watching the show with your friend in the audience, and saying, oh, you know this one. You're, you're, you might even be doing it stuff uh, subconsciously, but you're sort of filling in a story that might be happening in, a, in an individual moment. Mm-hmm. And that's your story that's, that's appropriate for you. You know, something that you're identifying with in that moment. Which makes, it's one of the, the charms of the characters that when people see us, it's a very personal thing. So if you want to come away thinking, you know, those are three aliens that landed on planet Briar Street. Um, and then, you know, and then the, let the antics ensue, you know. If those, those guys are three clowns, you know, sort of, that lost their red noses and their funny outfits and, and have been stripped down to the bare essentials and had to sort of try and be funny in this bizarre, you know, plumbing multimedia experience you know you go down the list that that's your interpretation you know and you own that so what do you think is the show's sort of um overall statement on art because it seems to poke fun at it at times especially when you talk about uh contemporary modern art like with uh, the fish tableaus and some other stuff that I don't I kind of don't want to ruin the show so I'm not going to give out too many examples but what do you think the show is saying about our culture well, I mean, it, again, you know, it, it is up to, to some interpretation. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, we talk about we talk about high art. We mentioned Eve Klein, and um, you know, his his methods for for making art, which is you know, sort of smashing um, bodies into, into canvases covered in paint. There's low art. Right. You know, we talk about um, oh, and not, not talk about so much, but you know, the, the show gets a little gets a little messy. It's it, you know, it, it's a little bit. Maybe gross at times, you know. It, 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 yeah, it challenges it's disgusting at times. You know, so <laughs> so I think um, you know, there's we're commenting on both high art and low art, but more that 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 all of it's valid, right? You know, and and it's up to you to uh, to, to kind of decide what that means to you. What is art to you? I mean, you know, I know you're you're asking very very good questions, and my answers, you know, are maybe a little more vague, only because um, the show has that that uh, that ambiguity or that sort of um, nebulousness. You know what I mean? Okay. Uh, what like what are your with Blue Man now? Do you think that you're going to stick around for like five more years, or do you see yourself going off into other acting ventures, or do you want to pick up a musician career? Like what what do you where do you see yourself ten years from now? I I don't know to be honest. <laughs> right now, I I enjoy the job, yeah. and it's, you know it's a full time job. It's it's a commitment, um, and so I'm committed to it. So I, I don't I don't see myself. Um, uh, 
stopping anytime soon, hopefully. You know, as long as as long as Chicago keeps embracing the show, I, I would like to, to keep performing. That's how I feel now. You know, I don't right. I'm not really looking much further than saying I've got a I've got a really great fun job and you know, why look a, a gift horse in the mouth at this right. point. What's your least favorite thing about the job? Oh, that's a good question. Um you know tough call. You know, you know, you are doing the same show every night. Mm-hmm. So so um, it takes uh, it takes a bit of discipline to to keep it fresh. Uh, least favorite? I don't know. I mean, you know, I would say sometimes putting on the makeup can be a bit of a, a drag. But it, it, I always liken that to saying, you know, get, you know, getting becoming elected president and complaining that you have to put on a tie. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. You know, I, I don't ever want to be flip about the idea that it's a, it's a dream job and there's there's always a, a you know an aspect that you might consider negative, but it's never worth complaining about. So it's fun, but at the end of the day, it's still a job. Yeah, it's just, you know, anything becomes a job when you when you do it repetitively for money. Right. But um, but you know, it, we're we're laughing, you know. So I, I feel very lucky, and I and I don't take that for granted. All right, cool. So if somebody, uh, one of our listeners, wanted to audition for Blue Man Group or they wanted to be a part of the experience, what would they need to do? Well, you can you can start with with the website, with blueman.com, mm-hmm. um, and there's there's casting and, and um, job opportunity information on the website. Uh, I would say, you know, come see a show, and that's and this is in no way, shape, or form a, a plug or, or a selling thing. You know, I, I think come see a show if you don't if you don't know what it's about, and then you know see what it does to you. And if you want to, you know, if you want to explore it further, you, know, you can always just, you know, talk to some people you see at the theater um, and, uh, and go from there. All right. Awesome. Well, thanks, Mark. Oh, yeah. It's my pleasure. And uh, do you have a, you're about to do a show right now? Uh, well, I have a little break now, but I just finished a show and I'm going to, I'm doing what they call a split double. So I, I did a show, then there's a show that I'm not in, and then I'm doing another show. All right. Well, Godspeed. <laughs> thanks very much. <laughs> All right. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. Take care. Bye. Well, for more information about Blue Man Group, check them out at www.bluemangroup.com. Stay tuned. We're going to take a very brief break. And then when we get back, we have DJ Brock. He's going to talk to us about music and Chicago and other things of that nature. was a short break because Kenyatta is throwing a tantrum. So we have some very interesting news that we just found out. Nicole, tell them about the Beyonce song thing. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw briefly online somewhere that MTV is going to premiere the video phone video with uh, Beyonce featuring Lady Gaga. Beyonce and Lady Gaga video phone. I'm excited about it. 
Yeah, I, I don't even watch television, and I'm uh, interested. In those, those, those are some big personalities in one video. All right, it's gonna, it's gonna be chaos. It's gonna, it's gonna. I think it's gonna be the one thing that makes me an official Beyonce fan. She's slowly winning me over because I remember a year ago I couldn't stand her. Yeah, there are some moments, huh? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it's a dangerous combination. But uh, speaking of danger, didn't Wicker Park have some danger going on? Oh yeah, I guess there was three teenagers that were going door to door to the boutiques. Um, I guess kind of casing the places, but the uh, the alert that went out I felt was a little extravagant, just in my opinion. What was the alert? Well, the Wicker Park Chamber of Commerce or Bucktown Chamber of Commerce sent out an alert saying that they were three late twenties black guys, over six feet tall, with dark clothes and hoods. Um, looking threatening in the stores and it turns out it was like three punk teenage kids oh wow lessons you learn in chicago oh well it's kind of like when they did that oj newsweek cover and they made it all dark <laughs> he did look really dark i yeah. thought he had been sunbathing i know they then it came out that they doctored it up to make him look more menacing what i'm saying it was a more they made the alert more menacing than what had actually occurred that is just tragic all right so enough of this nonsense. We have the DJ here. Say hi, Mr. DJ. How's it going, guys? You're talking to the mic, sir. Is that better? Yes, 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 yes. So, what influence? Do you have like a really nice mixture? What what influences you? Influences you? Um, I'm kind of about everything. Um, my favorite DJ is probably um, Optimal Espacio, Glasgow DJs. Uh, they they're kind of known for kind of throwing everything in their mix like they were really influenced by like new york no wave um cosmic disco electro everything rock um techno kind of putting everything together um i like to sort of stay uh, anti-genre anti-genre ah. do you play any hip-hop ever what's your what is your stance on hip-hop because i know hip-hop has gotten really commercial um I'm, I'm honestly not a huge hip-hop fan like i'm kind of into the early stuff like um late 70s early 80s stuff that stuff's pretty cool but um uh, not not a huge fan of like new hip-hop but some of the remixes i'll play out in clubs and you know i'm fortunate to actually have a lot of residencies on fridays and saturdays so sometimes i have to sort of mix some of that stuff in there and i'm, I'm cool with it like you know a track does a lot of like really cool uh hip-hop remixes and some other some other producers of uh sort of like crossed the, the electro hip-hop genres and sort of come up with some cool stuff so i'm into it to a degree that's cool. Um, when you're not DJing here, I know you said you have residencies. Um, where else do you DJ? Do you travel? Uh, I have DJed around the country a little bit. Um, I've DJed a little bit in New York and LA. I've got a lot of friends in both those places. Actually, I'm going to be playing uh, New Year's Eve in LA this year. Ooh, and I was thinking about going there for New Year's Eve, actually. Well, I'll have to give you the address to the party. All right. That's cool. I want to go. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm so serious. I... Never celebrate New Year's. Um, this will be the year, 2010. 2010. 2010. I've, 2010. I've done a, a New Year's <laughs> Eve party every single year for like the past six years in the city, and it's been like the biggest project. And I do a Christmas party before and a, and a party after, and it's it's almost a headache. So this year I'm getting out of town, and I'm going to take a vacation in DJ in LA. You're going to take a vacation, but you're also going to be working. Sort of. I mean, I'm going to fly into Vegas on the 24th, and then I'm going to drive through the desert and visit ghost towns and then end up at some party in LA and DJ. 
That sounds so rad. That's a holiday. I want to turn that into a movie. You guys should follow Quentin, the are we taking NDH on the road? Yes, we're going to take NDH on the road, and Lauren's going to be stuck filming us. Because <laughs> she's the intern. So, have any upcoming gigs that are major and people need to attend? Or uh, they'll die? Everything I'm doing is always major, so everyone right. always needs to attend. Or but, they'll die. Uh, I have a residency at Motel Bar. I do the first and third Saturdays. First and third Saturdays. And uh, I do most of the Fridays at Max Bart's Tavern in the neighborhood, uh, Worker Park. Uh, I also just started a new uh, night. It's, I think we've, we've uh, got it down to the first Tuesdays of the month at DeVille. Right. It's my favorite bar in the city. It's right. It's DeVille? A, yeah, Bar DeVille. De- I'm uh, going to visit it. Damon like and Huron. It. It's really cool. Tuesday nights, first Tuesdays, I do it with my, uh, my friend Jordan Z. He's uh, an old, old collaborator of mine. Can you have to write that down? Tuesdays. Can I just add to that all of y'all going to Bar DeVille that is cash only? It is cash. It's only. cash only. So it's very old school. So, you know, make sure you go to ATM. Well, in their defense, I had to Google this because I couldn't understand why a business wouldn't accept cards. It's because some people, some business owners don't want to deal with mm. losing income because mm. mm. you have to either pay a percentage or you have to pay a certain amount per every time somebody swipes the card. I know. As a business person, it does suck. You have to pay like Amex is the worst. You have to pay like three percent on everything you make. But you know what? It turns away customers when you don't accept plastic. I'm a plastic girl, and if I don't get in that cab and know I can't use my plastic, then I'm hopping out. <laughs> Do you have a take on this? I used a plastic to get here, <laughs> right? Exactly. I'm, but like, I wrote a blog post on this, and I was so like, I'm the type of person I'll get into the cab. Have them drop me off, and then I'll pull, bust the card out, and then they have no choice but to accept it. But recently, I've been like sort of asking them before. I don't know why, but I've been asking them if they take cards before, and even though I see the like the new uh, credit card thing in the back of the seat now, and like no, I don't. I prefer cash. I, I prefer cash. I'm just like, what? What, what is this? Mayor Daly says you have to take my card. Forget that. Break out your plastic. Because the more you do it, the better off it'll be. Like, forget them. And you know what? These stores that say that you have to buy a minimum of $10, a minimum of $5 to use your card, that is against the law. You can report those stores that say that. That's hogwash. Well, most of my events are free. So you have <laughs> well, you know, back to bigger and better things. We're talking about Brock. Brock, Barack. not Barack. Just as great as Barack. Probably, probably more. Barack Im- if you want. Probably more important than Barack. I doubt that. But I, I would say it. I've said it, so it is in the atmosphere now, and it is true. For now, but uh, so Deville, best club in Chicago, uh, or not a club. It's, it's, it's neighborhood bar. It's neighborhood cool, bar. It's cool joint. Is it, uh, is it? Is it small though? I can't. I hate it when you have like a really good DJ and it's. it's it's kind of perfect because it's got a front room and it's a small bar, but then it's got a back room where the DJs play. So it accommodates a large party, but it's also intimate enough that it doesn't feel like it's too big. Cool. Like, I, I do a lot of events at Darkroom as well, and um, I had a residency there for like six years uh, called the Beta Theta. Oh. And, um, but that was, uh, you know, those are big projects. I had to like book a couple bands and I had to fill the space, and it was like. 200 capacity. Wow. And you really got to gotta pack the place to make it feel like it's a party. Yeah. And it's a lot of work. So, so as a DJ, what is your goal? Like, DJs have, like, this really weird God-like presence in the room because you're kind of controlling what happens in the room with the music you're playing. 
So what do you like to see in terms of like your spinning records? What do you what type of effect do you want to see in the audience? I just want people to have a good time. Just a good time. Yeah. I'm, no, I mean, I, I promote and create events, you know. Okay. That's the DJing aspect of it is like really just part of, of, of what it is. It's, it's promoting, it's like creating an environment. It's sort of like sort of an architecture of the night. Yeah. Is that is DJing your main gig though? No. I oh. do a lot of things. Okay. I work in an ad agency, um, promote parties, DJ, um, and do a lot of freelance projects. Uh, cool. All right, so how do we, like, what if we're, we don't want to go out? What if we're a clean living and we got to listen to music at home without liquor? How do we get to your music? Uh, how do you get to my music? I don't condone the not liquor part, but how do we get to your music? Uh, well, uh, you can go to my website, thebetatheta.com. Um, I don't. I have some mixes up there right now. I'm going to be updating it this week, so there'll be some new stuff up there. Um, but also... Uh, I have a couple music projects I work on. Uh, an old band of mine called Venue. You can find us on iTunes. Um, I have a new music project called, uh, tentatively called The Hollow Earth that I'm working on. Um, and I'll probably have some music coming out in the next month or two. Sounds like a movie about Native Americans. The Hollow Earth? Yeah. That's where they are now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving is in two weeks. I had to make the joke. Well, I think the thanks for taking day. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, thank you for coming onto the show. Cool. Thanks for having me. And awesome. mad music. I'm like resisting the urge to dance. You guys should do it. Get up on the table. Oh, that's a small. Okay. Let me see if I can get my leg up here. Uh, uh, okay, Nicole. Okay, Nicole, don't put your arm Nicole, there. Get down the <laughs> Nicole. Oh my gosh. Okay, Nicole just fell. Are you okay, Nicole? I am perfectly fine. Okay, get off the floor and <laughs> put your doing the work. pull your ponytail back. <laughs> Head's a little bit disheveled. Great. Well, thank you for listening. Do you have any final words? Uh, awesome. Thanks. Nazdrovia. Oh yeah, Feliz Navidad. I don't know what that means. Hey, nobody dances here. Check out my blog www.nobodydanceshere.com. Check out Nicole's blog at uh, shrinkboutique.blogspot.com. Shrinkboutique, etc. Everything, the world, blah blah blah. Shrinkboutique, and make sure that if you order something from her, that you do not be trifling and try to get a new box out of her because it's not happening. Not happening. It's not.